0: And seek the face of God together. That's right. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Hold their hand. Or whatever is appropriate. Let's just find somebody to bond together with. We sing this together today, just in worship to the Lord we are still Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus praise God, what a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord that is here today. are you thankful for the presence of God? Are you thankful for what the Lord has already done <clears throat> Hallelujah. This makes my job a whole lot easier. Praise God when we already have just a wonderful move of the presence of God. And I still just feel that love in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, I give honor to the presence of the Lord. Lord God, whatever you want to do in this place, take your liberty, Lord Jesus. I am your servant, Lord, in Jesus' name. If you'd like to head in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. You knew this was Pentecost Sunday, so you knew it was coming. Acts chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Without diminishing any of what that day was, I feel like this is very similar to what we've already experienced here in this house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You could head over to chapter verse 12, Acts chapter 2 verse 12. Those who saw them speaking in tongues and this outpouring of the Holy Ghost some thought some heard them speak in their own language. Others thought they were just mumbling. They could not understand them. They thought they were drunk. And Acts chapter two verse twelve, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, "What meaneth this?" These are the onlookers who were looking at the church and this amazing experience that just took place. Verse thirteen, others mocked, said, "These men are full of new wine." I love that Peter doesn't deny that it was wine. He says, it's not the wine that ye suppose, right? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto you Ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a little different. This is a holy drunkenness, praise God. They're not drunk like you're supposed. They're drunk off of something that is not of this world. He says, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, it wouldn't make any sense for them to be drunk at that time. Hallelujah. But it doesn't matter what time of day it is, it makes sense to be drunk off of the Spirit of God. He says, this isn't the hour to be drunk off of wine, but, oh, it doesn't matter what hour it is, I want to be drunk off the Holy Spirit. That's not my sermon today. Don't worry about it. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I want everybody to say these three words. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, seeth God. These are the words of Joel. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Well, this is kind of going a little far here. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Wait a minute, is this still that? (laughs) Before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. You know, I I hope today not to be... um, I guess you will, uh, you know, just going along with the crowd. Uh, I pray today I can bring you something fresh, something that's heavy on my heart. Today I want to preach to you on this topic, not this is that, but is this that? Is this that? How about we go to the Lord in prayer and ask that he speak to us and just allow his spirit to flow freely in this place lord jesus we thank you god for what you've already done we thank you for your wonderful presence that i feel and the anointing that has been poured out in this house lord god we pray that you would pour out your anointing yet again pour out your spirit yet again. Pour out revelation and understanding, Lord God. Use me, Lord God, to minister to this congregation. Anoint me, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, that what I say, Lord God, may be straight from you and from your throne room. In Jesus' name, we love you and we thank you. Hallelujah. How about we clap our hands and thank him again. Lord Jesus, have your way today in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Today we are celebrating the birthday of the church. Hallelujah. I think it's appropriate to celebrate that. Amen. It is believed by most scholars that the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was in year A.D. 33. That means it is approximately 1,989 years ago that God poured out His Spirit the first time in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Coincidentally, that's actually the year I was born, 1989, but anyhow. Now everybody's doing the math. How old is Pastor? But based on the Jewish calendar, and I know Pentecost Sunday moves, it's because it's not based on our calendar, but the Jewish calendar. And although we're not absolutely certain it was A.D. 33, we are absolutely certain that this day, many years ago, God poured out his spirit and birthed what we call the church today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, what an amazing thing that we're celebrating. Today, one thousand nine hundred and eighty-nine years ago, a hundred and twenty men and women and possibly children were in an upper room when God first poured out his spirit. Hallelujah, he told them to wait there because something was going to occur. Jesus was going to do something that was long promised. Hallelujah, and on that day, just as Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. There was a church that was born on that, oh hallelujah, on that day, Jesus started something brand new in the earth that the earth had not seen before, and that entity called the church would go on to change the world with its gospel and with its message, Praise God, 1,989 years ago, it was only 120 in an upper room. Today, those numbers are extreme. It is believed that approximately 2.38 billion people practice some form of Christianity globally. We went from 120 to 2.38 billion people globally. (laughs) Oh, praise God. And you may say, well, pastor, that's just all people. That doesn't include those who are filled with the Spirit of God. I agree with you. I believe we should narrow it down a little bit. Did you know that one-fifth, it is estimated one-fifth of our country of the people in our country, has experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. One-fifth of the United States has spoken in tongues at least once in their life. Come on, we've come a long way from 120 in Jerusalem in a small little room. Now it is estimated that 34% of the population of Brazil has at one time or another spoken in other tongues. 34%, and if that's not crazy enough, how about Guatemala is at 40%. 40% 40% of all of the residents in Guatemala has spoken in tongues at least once in their life. 40% of those in the Philippine Islands have spoken in tongues. 67% of Latin America, Africa, and Asia has spoken in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Can I tell you, this isn't just 120 in the upper room. What was birthed on that day was a worldwide phenomenon and it has not stopped even 1989 years later. Oh, somebody rejoice right now. Those numbers are incredible. You cannot tell me that there isn't anything to speaking in tongues and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost when you've got almost half the world has at one pointer or the other admitted to have had this experience. Hallelujah! And I believe before it's all said and done, that number's going to increase. And I'm praying it increases in Stuart, Florida. And I pray it increases in Port St. Lucie and Hope Sound and Tequesta. Hallelujah, Jupiter. Come on. Hallelujah, Jensen, wherever it may be. I'm praying it increases. I want to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like on the day of Pentecost right here in our area. Praise God. And when Peter preached that first sermon on the day of Pentecost, when all those who are in in attendance were confused, what in the world is going on? He said to them, he pinpointed, he pointed back to a prophecy that was written nearly 500 years earlier. He said, this is that which is prophesied, by the prophet Joel. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, we can read it very plainly. It says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. He pinpointed this, pointed back, because he wanted the people who were there to know This is not some crazy new thing that has no backing. Hallelujah. But we are simply doing as was prophesied by the prophets of old. He said, if you want to know what the church is supposed to look like, look at the prophet's words. He said the Spirit of God would be poured out upon all flesh, and sons and daughters would prophesy. They would speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They would see visions. They would dream, dream. He said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He stood there. And he says, you want to know what this is that you're seeing. He pointed, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. But this is the incredible thing about his statements. Because Peter, like many preachers do, like I just did. He didn't do this, but many preachers do this. We stop after we shall see visions, shall see dreams. We stop. But he goes on. He quotes the entire prophecy. There's going to be a moon turned into blood. There's going to be fire coming out of the earth. Steam seeping from the earth. Oh, oh, this is that, but that's not what we're seeing. They didn't see no t- blood moon, Hallelujah. Peter does not see at this moment a celestial cataclysm. He doesn't see the blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. Peter does not even see the most essential part of the prophecy, and that is that God's Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. At that point, it was just 120. You see, because when Peter said, this is that, he wasn't trying to say, this is the conclusion of that but rather he was trying to say this is the beginning of that Oh, and I'm happy to tell you today it was the beginning that was fulfilled but we are still in the this is that era we're still in the this is that generation hallelujah we can still expect the spirit of God to be poured out upon all flesh we we will see the blood moon. We will see the fire vapor of smoke. We are still in that era. This is it. We're still in it. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. But that makes me excited. We're still in it. We're still seeing the Spirit of God being poured out. We're still dreaming dreams. We're still seeing visions. Come on, anybody know it today? That song, there are angels here. That's some supernatural stuff. The church hasn't lost the supernatural side. No. If they saw it in the book of Acts, we can see it today. If they saw it in the book of Acts, if they performed it in the book of Acts, we can perform it today. Because the very same Spirit which was poured out on the day of Pentecost is the same Spirit that we've all been filled with here again this morning. Oh, somebody rejoice in the Spirit of God that you've got However, 1,989 years is a long time. But when we celebrate birthdays, we don't go get a cake and get a picture of the day that a 35-year-old man was born And put that baby picture on the cake. We don't do that. We go and get big fat candles. That says three, five. Because a birthday, yes, it is supposed to be a celebration of the birth of that person. But it's also a celebration of where that person has come. hallelujah Jesus and uh, today on Pentecost Sunday we're not just here to celebrate what Jesus did 1,989 years ago but we're here to celebrate the this is that in our day we're here to celebrate the fact that God is still pouring out his spirit today oh come on now I'm here to celebrate because God's still pouring out his spirit God's still saving people we're still speaking in tongues he's still performing miracles he's still healing people oh hallelujah come on can we celebrate for a moment how about you stand to your feet and let's celebrate the church it's the church's birthday and we're still going strong and we're still rejoicing and we're still worshiping Hallelujah. I almost went and got one of those blowy things where you blow and it and it you know makes a sound a little whistle. I, I think we should celebrate. That old song, celebrate good times. Hallelujah. We should celebrate the good times in the presence of God. Oh, praise God. A new, another year has passed, and the church is still here. Another year has passed, and the church is still seeing lives change. Hallelujah! Another year's passed, and we're still seeing miracles. Another year passed, and we're still seeing healings. Another year passed, and we're still seeing families put back together. Happy birthday, church. Happy 1,989th birthday. Hallelujah. We're here to celebrate. This is that. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Oh, man. I'm going to wear myself out today, and that's all right. We party today. We'll rest later we'll nap later, that precious, beautiful Sunday nap. (laughs) Come on, if you don't have a napping couch, you aren't Pentecostal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. This is exciting. Because we can rejoice in that today. However, however, as I stated, 1,989 years, it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Today, although we celebrate in this, and we'll talk more about our church and, and all that, sadly, 1,989 years can wear on anyone, any institution There are many churches today which may not even be recognizable 1,989 years later. I told this story on Wednesday night. I meant to get the picture. I didn't have time to do it today, but if you'd like to see after service, I can show you on my phone. My wife and I went on vacation, and we walked the Freedom Trail in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, And I I say that, you've probably heard me say that a lot. It's because, honestly, I'm very proud of myself. That's a long walk. And we didn't do a portion of it. I told my wife, if we're going to do any of this, we're going to do it all, because I want bragging rights. So we did it all. It was a long walk. On that trail, if you know anything about it, basically in the sidewalk, they have put in bricks, red bricks. You follow those red bricks, and it takes you to all the different amazing sites. It takes you to um, the USS Constitution, the oldest floating boat in the world. It takes you to Paul Revere's house. Uh, just all these amazing sites and and um, you know historical. Uh, historical sites, and they're just amazing, amazing things. Probably one of one of the, the my favorite v- trips I've ever taken. On that trail, it took us to this very, very old church. We were following along; the church was on our right side. We were to the side of the church. It just looked beautiful, and I looked over, and I saw that there was a plaque there on the side of the building. On that plaque. I just stopped and began to read. I was blown away. It said 1686. This is the site of the oldest American pulpit in continuous use on its original site. I read that. I thought, wow, how amazing is that? Now, I don't know if exactly this pulpit was built in 1686. It was implied, though. And I just begin, my mind began to flood with amazing thoughts since 1686, that pulpit. Somebody has preached behind that pulpit probably every week, probably two or three times a week. And I actually did the math. That's 336 years of preaching behind that very pulpit if they preach two sermons a week, 52 weeks in a year, that comes out to approximately 34,944 sermons preached behind that pulpit. As I began to consider that, I thought, what an amazing thing. Nearly 35,000 sermons about the goodness of Jesus. 35,000 sermons I pray is about, you know, concerning the Bible. I thought how many passages of Scripture were preached. I mean, at that point, you probably could have preached the entire Bible. (laughs) How many Scriptures were preached from behind that pulpit? How many heartfelt sermons were offered? How many lives were changed simply from the sermons that went forth from that pulpit in the last 300 years? And 36 years. As a preacher, it probably impacted me more than anyone else. It kind of became romanticized for me. What an amazing thought. And as I was still pondering this in my mind, we continued to walk the trail. When we got to the front of the building, I told my wife, Let's turn around. I want to get a picture. Of this church. I got a picture of the plaque. I want to get a picture of this church. And as I turned around and looked at the church hanging right over the door was an LGBTQ plus flag. Began to hit me. I wonder how many times in three hundred and thirty-six years scriptures. That straightforward call, homosexual activity a sin, were preached. And yet, today, hangs a flag over the doorpost. You cannot walk into that building without seeing the LGBTQ plus flag. You cannot spot the oldest continuously used on its original site pulpit Without first seeing that flag, and I thought, "Oh God, if a pulpit 336 years in the making is able to be come that, how important is it that the church wake up and realize? It's not just important. We can't just say we're a church and we can't just have a pulpit we gotta be that which was in the Book of Acts. We gotta preach Scripture. We gotta stand upon the Word of God. Come on, let's not just be the church in experience, but let's be apostolic in doctrine. Holy, if we're gonna claim that we're still dead, then we need to be it in doctrine as we are in experience. Hallelujah! And this is what God dealt with me on. I need some volunteers, Brother Palantonio. Could you help me? Come stand right here. Let's see, Brother Kavan. We'll give Brother Victor a break. Brother Kavan, come stand right here. Hallelujah! What we see in Scripture—it's an amazing, amazing. Sight, we see an amazing holy prophet of God named Joel who prophesied and says, In the last day I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. He prophesies of what is to come. And in order to acknowledge that what was happening was the will of God, Peter on the day of Pentecost. He points over at Joel and he says what is happening right now you know it's happening because it looks like what he prophesied of. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is that. You want to know if this is for real? Look at that and tell me does this look like that or if it doesn't it's not real. He says as this is that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sister Smith, can you help me? Come stand right here. I'm, I'm using you because I know you've got the most attitude out of all of us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we've got Peter pointing. Go ahead, point. Point until your arm is tired and falling off. No, I'm just kidding. we got Peter pointing back at this. At the prophet Joel. And yet, we've got the church. Do me a favor, fold your arms. Give us a disgusted look. Give us a this who who this is not me. And we've got a church today that instead of pointing back and trying to pinpoint what they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to look like, we've got a church that is folding their arms and saying, that I am not that, this is me. And they're so focused on being their own thing and preaching their own message and having their own experiences they can't even look back and say this is that I tell you until the church is willing to get rid of the skull and unfold their arms and point over at Peter and say if you want to know who I am this is that this is who I am I got the same look I got the same experiences I'm preaching the same doctrine this Oh, hallelujah, come on. As Peter is saying, I'm Joel, the church of today needs to look back and say, this is that. I want to be like Peter. I want to be like the apostles. I want to have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach like them, talk like them, dress like them, act like them. This is that. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. Point to Peter and say, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because how can we celebrate the birthday of the church if we're nothing like what it was when it first began? God bless you. You may be seated. I'm almost done. But I'm not preaching this to try to get a response. I'm not preaching this to simply try to hype you up. I am telling you, I believe the solution today for this world is not a new message. It's an apostolic message. Oh, hallelujah. It's not a new experience. It's an apostolic experience. Hallelujah. It's not a new doctrine. It's an apostolic doctrine. Hallelujah. What this church needs is not a new thing. It's a this is that thing. This is that. John chapter 17 and 20. I've got a million verses that can prove my claim that this isn't just a hype message, but this is essential. But let me just look at one, John 17 and 20. Jesus is walking along toward the garden and he's having a conversation with his apostles. He's describing to them the persecution they're going to see, the hardships they're going to experience. He tells them, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. He says these words, though, in John 17 and 20. Neither pray I for these alone, talking about the apostles, but for them also which shall believe on me. And here's the church. Well, I believe on him. I believe on him in my way. I believe on him the way I think it's supposed to believe on him. I believe on him the way that my new age Bible tells me to believe on him. Oh, boy. We were just celebrating. Now everybody's upset. He says that they should believe on me through their word. Who's there? It's the apostles. He says, if you're going to believe on me, You gotta do it through their word. You gotta go through their experiences. You gotta preach what they preached. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter stood among them and told them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you and to your children. Hallelujah. Oh, man, Brother Jesus, you're fast today. (laughs) Praise God. Let's go back. Let's go back where we were. Where was it? John 17. John 17, 20. Believe on me through their word. He's saying the church is there. Hallelujah. Peter's there. The church is here. They got a point. Sister Smith, come, come stand up here again. Brother Peter, brother Peter, come stand up here again. Hallelujah. And look at this. He says, they shall believe on me through their word. Point to Peter. When I preach like him, when I preach the same message as him, when we have the same experiences as him, then look what happens in verse 21. Hallelujah. Look what happens. That they all may be One, come stand next to him. No longer is this a church separated in time. But when I preach, when I experience, when I do as Peter and the apostles did, and I share that, when I can claim this is that, then we're joined together as one. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Today, we're not celebrating the beginning of the church, and we're not celebrating where the church is alone, but we're celebrating the church that is one. We look the same. We talk the same. We preach the same. We experience the same. You can be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. If we could stand today. Jesus did not personally establish any local congregations. He did not write any book. Instead, he left the task of all this to the apostles and their associates. It was his plan for future converts to become his disciples by accepting the authority of the apostles by believing and obeying their message, that's why Paul says in Galatians one and eight, "Though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed." As we said before, so I say I now again: If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Hallelujah is recognizing the apostolic gospel. You see, for most groups, the message and experience of the apostles is only the starting point, and they build off of there with their traditions. Am I right? They build off of that it's a starting point, but they build off of it, and now we've got skyscraper of religions out there that have completely lost sight of what the apostles preached. That's why Jesus said, That's why Paul said in Ephesians 2, and verse 20, "We are built upon the foundation." of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. When we preach like they did, when we have the experiences that they did, then we are being built upon that foundation. We become the building which is called the church. Hallelujah. And we are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Our goal in this city as a church needs to be that we restore the apostolic message and experience In this world today, we should not be satisfied unless we are letting this world know they too can experience the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We too must preach, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Am I talking to some people who say, I still got it. This is that. I want to be like the first church. Give us the same experience. Give us the same doctrine. Let us be who Peter was. Yeah. hallelujah if we could can we all come down as a church we're all going to come down as a church and don't, don't come and bow just come and stand look we've already had to move the Holy Ghost today right we've already got our fill and though I expect God's going to fill us again and he's going to do great things Here's what I believe God's wanting to do. He's wanting to do something else in us. He's wanting to put in our hearts a renewed passion that says, this has got to be that. Can you identify today with the apostles? Have you experienced that wonderful gift of receiving the Holy Ghost? Have you mirrored the faith to see miracles, signs, and wonders done as they did in that day? Have you preached the message of the apostles? I think together as a church, we should say, this is that. (laughs) God make us like them. God make us like them. God make us like them. Come on, we're doing it as a church. We're saying together as a church, "This is that." Give us the experience of Pentecost. Give us the experience of Pentecost. Give us the message of Pentecost. Let us mirror the apostles and the. Come on now, why don't you, everybody in this place, begin to lift up their hands and say, "Jesus, this is that." Make me like the apostles. Give me that experience as well. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's right, hallelujah. I know we usually come and we cry and we pray. We've done all that. Now let's rejoice and say, God, I want to be part of your church. God, I want to be one with you. I want to be one with the apostles. To a place we've never seen before. You've done the impossible. We've seen our mountains move before. Your world is unstoppable with expectations. though they did not see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on all flesh, we're seeing it in our day, we're seeing it in our city, in the name of Jesus Good church and make us go ignite. If you're part of the church, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. If you want to be a part of that, you're the church. The devil can't catch you. Hell won't you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. things we know. believing you for miracles. We're believing for you for signs and wonders and deliverances. Chains are breaking. Walls are coming down in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree, shout it to God. Foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking. Strongholds are falling are coming, so foundations are shaking, and every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling, and breaking things foundations are shaking, and every curse is breaking, strongholds are falling. clap your hands and help us declare